0: Been teaching on the book of Revelation. The last time I did was December 9. So, can I catch you up a little bit? We've had a lot going on here, and uh, so this is the first time I've been able to get back to it. Teaching verse by book verse through the uh, book of Revelation. The Greek word for revelation is apocalypsis, which is the unveiling, and it is unveiling of what the future will look like for us as believers. And the uh, more I study this book, the more I, gratefully I am to the Lord that, you know, God has put the pieces of the puzzle together for us, and we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be, um, we don't have to be fearful about anything that is in our past because it's forgiven. And we, 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 and we can have assurance about, about our present, and, and we can be excited about the future, because the future is very, very bright for a believer, if all you do is think about right now, you can get really depressed and discouraged. Is that true that 's why the Bible says, "Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth you 're dead, your life is hidden with Christ in God, and you know through the uh, years of the um, of the uh, church age, believers have often talked about heaven, preached about heaven, saying about heaven there's a land that is fairer than day and by faith we can see it afar all these wonderful hymns we sang when i was a kid well why do we do that because there's something better than what we have now i want you to know all of your modern conveniences your car your house you know, all of your play gadgets and all your stuff is not to be compared with the things that God has for your future. Eyes not seen, ears not heard, not even entered into our hearts the things that God has prepared for us. My goodness. He's probably still making new civilizations, new galaxies. And you know what? You're going to be ruling and reigning with Christ here a thousand years in a glorified body. And what's to say, God won't call you up to his throne one day and say, you know, I've been thinking about you. You have. Yeah, you know what? I think I'm sending you to XYZ Galaxy. I got something new going on there. I need you to help oversee a contingency of angels there. There's about three trillion of them that are going over there. I want you to oversee them. Will you do? Uh, uh, I'll give you the ability. Well, sure, let's go. Boom, there you go. You're not gonna be drinking sweet tea sitting back on a hammock all eternity. You're gonna be busy. So here's the wrap-up time on earth right here, the book of Revelation really exciting. This is part 28. We're going to go through Revelation 16 tonight, the seven bold judgments to quickly, just to quickly wrap up. If you'll notice this chart, the end times here, uh, there are, there are seven years left of a prophetic timetable that God gave Daniel for the Israelites. And that last seven years is typically called, incorrectly called the tribulation. That's really not found in the Bible. It's really Daniel's 70th week. I'm not going to take time to explain it because I have so much in the past. You can go back through my notes and see all of that. Uh, but it's a seven-year span of time. That seven-year span of time is going to begin. We know it begins when a person that the Bible calls uh, uh, the Antichrist, but it won't be—he won't be called that in culture. It'll just be some kind of a leader, probably. You know, we're guessing. Anything we say is a guess in the Middle East. But he's going going to. Uh, confirm a covenant with Israel a covenant of peace he's also going to be in league with some of Israel's enemies he's going to broach the two together so he's going to be quite a quite an ingenious person he'll be a, a military leader perhaps a financial leader a religious leader uh have all of those kind of things in his back pocket and uh, so we're right on the heels of that and i just want you to know the things my heart is the things we've experienced in 2020 and the control mechanisms that have been set in worldwide I mentioned a little bit of this on Sunday mornings, but these are control mechanisms that have been set in with respect to health, will also begin to play out with finances. They want a financial reset. There's a small number of people, as I have read, I've done some extensive reading in the past uh, days, weeks, um, there, there's just a, a, a small group of people, I don't want to get into the weeds on this too much, but who have basically controlled the world finances and controlled the world uh, politically. In, way, in uncanny ways that you can hardly imagine, uh, who don't know God, who are atheistic, who are uh, just really, um, I'm trying to look for the right word, diabolically mischievous and sinful and, and, uh, and, and uh, nefa- a good word's nefarious. They're tricksters. They smile at you, promise you the moon won't even give you a grain of sand. And they're in control right now worldwide. Jesus is come, coming back. And friends, he's going to whip their backside. I just want you to know. So you think the enemy's winning? He is not winning. He thinks he is. And he wants everybody else to think he is. So that's what's going on. So that's seven years. Uh, a, 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 an agreement will be cut with this person. We really don't know who he is yet. When I think I know, I'll tell you. But I'm not going to guess. You've got to know. So it'll start a process. And during that process, that's what this chart is all about. In this chart is the book of Revelation, really, from beginning to end here. It starts, and this whole process starts with the covenant being signed. Once that covenant is signed, seven years will take place. During the first three and a half years of that seven years, um, uh, the Antichrist will make peace with Israel and may, to some degree, have a pseudo-peace with Christians as well, but he'll turn coat three and a half years into that. Let me back up before I go any further with that. Um, going through the book of Revelation, here's the chart. You've got, some, uh, you've got three events that are sequential. You've got, uh, you've got uh, um, uh, seals that are on a scroll in God's right hand, seven of them. You've got trumpet judgments that are going to occur that we won't be here on earth to see as Christians going to tear this place apart. And then we're going to look tonight at bold judgments that will happen and they will be the final cleansing of the earth from sin. And all that's on this chart. So here are uh, the beginning of the birth pangs that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24. And six of those seals are broken here in the first part of that tribulation time. And so Revelation chapter four shows God as the Sovereign over all things who is worshipped above everything. He he is the owner and sustainer of the universe. How many understand that? Revelation chapter 5 in God's right hand of authority is a scroll that has seven seals on it. This is simple to understand the book of Revelation if you can just simply get a grasp of these concepts. Revelation 5, the only person worthy to, to, to take the scroll from God's right hand and break the seals and hence open the scroll is a person who is typified as the Lamb of Sacrifice. His name is Jesus Christ. He's not coming back as a lamb, however. He's coming back as a lion of the tribe of Judah. So Jesus takes the scroll out of God's right hand, Revelation 6. The first six seals on that scroll are broken. Sequentially, things begin to happen. Number one, the Antichrist reveals. Number two, wars break out. Number three, famine occurs. Number four, death occurs. Number five, martyrdom occurs. And then number uh, number six, the sixth seal, the sun, moon, and stars darken. Uh, we call that cosmic disturbances. Jesus mentioned it in Matthew 24. And it's also in Revelation 6, 12 through 18. But that is the time that the church goes up. When the, cli- when, when the sun begins to change, you can get spooked out like everybody else and think, uh-oh, I better get my butt ready. I'm going to heaven. Come on. How many are excited about that? I'm kind of, I really like the sun a lot. So for it to darken kind of bums me out, bugs me out a little bit. But I'm just thinking, I'm going up. So uh, right there when that sixth seal, Revelation chapter 6, that sixth seal is broken by Jesus, that's right around the time of the rapture of the church. Uh, Revelation 7 is parenthetical. Revelation 7, God takes uh, 144,000 Jews, 12,000 out of each of the 12 tribes of Israel, and somehow he puts a spiritual mark on them so that they'll go through this really hellish time that the church won't go through. They'll be on earth through some very difficult times, but they'll survive. They will not die. And they're going to be God's signposts on the earth and they'll begin, many of them will, will, uh, will come to Jesus, be born again, become Messianic Jews and will preach the gospel that we now preach during the church age. And then Revelation 7 at the very end, uh, verses 9 through the rest of the chapter shows this, this multitude of people that nobody in Bible times had ever seen. Now we see large numbers of people now because there's almost 8 billion people on earth, but during Bible times there weren't that many people on earth. So you've got to understand, John saw a scene in heaven with untold numbers of people, more than he had ever seen before the throne of God. And they're worshiping the Lord. And that's the raptured believers. Revelation 8. Revelation 8, we will not be here. The last seal on the scroll in God's right hand is broken. When that last seal is broken, there are seven angels that have been set aside. And they're probably standing there and they've got trumpets in their hand. And one says, <laughs> You know, the first... Uh, the first the first i'm not a trumpeteer uh, the first trumpet blows and uh, and all hell begins to break loose on planet earth after a 30 minute silence in heaven all hell breaks loose the saints are in heaven revelation 8 revelation 9 we are not here there are seven trumpet judgments and and their judgments against the fresh water their judgments against salt water it becomes polluted it looks like a meteorite with the name bitterness or wormwood in King James Version, falls and hits the oceans, uh, then messes up the springs and rivers and uh, pollutes the water. And then beyond that, the vegetation is affected. A third of the vegetation dies and turns brown because the climate has changed because of the catastrophic effect of what it looks like to be meteorized. Now, oddly, listen to this. Oddly, I've got a book called The Wormwood Prophecy by a guy named... Thomas Horn, who I found on Sid Roth's program a few years ago, you may have seen this, and you can go to YouTube and verify what I'm about to say. He's got an 11-minute video where a few years ago, God has used him and shown him dreams and visions, and they have been uncannily accurate and have come to pass. And this guy, he's a really intellectual person. If you read his books, they're a little difficult to read because he's very, very precise and minute in what he says, and he breaks everything apart. So he's quite an edit, a, 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 a wise man, a smart man, a probably a rather lettered man if you read his writing. So, anyway, he, uh, make a long story short, he saw, and make a long story short, he saw, he saw Revelation 8 happen. And he saw the meteorite hit, and it was not far from the United States. And people got really afraid and scared. And then God gave him the name of the, uh, of the rock that he saw hit Apopho, and, uh, and then he thought that's unusual that he got the name. That's the Egyptian word for destruction. And so he went, he had some friends at NASA and that it worked for some fairly uh, large firms that were mathematical geniuses. And he talked to them and said, oh, oh, yeah. And he found out from NASA, they're actually following a rock that they named Apopho, And when they did the calculations of the weight the mass, the volume, the uh, the speed, the trajectory, is, uh, is supposed to be hitting planet Earth uh, April thirteenth, twenty twenty nine. Now that may not happen. Uh, he said there's one chance that it could hit the uh, it, it could hit the uh, uh, hit the area of the moon, and then the gravitational pull of the moon could span it out one more seven years, and it comes right back again. Nonetheless, just interesting. And when you read this, and you know what the Bible says. Revelation 8, that meteorite is going to start a series of really hellish events. The seven angels blow their trumpets, and the waters are polluted. The uh, earth, uh, the earth um, turns brown, basically, a third of it. And then, and then demon spirits come out of the abyss where they've been chained uh, for a long time, since the Old Testament times, because they did some really hellish things, and God had to lock them up. They're going to be let loose for a period of time. Let's talk about with those seven trumpet judgments again. When you read Revelation eight and nine, you're not going to be here. Is that good news or not? Yeah. you'll be in heaven, you know, getting ready for eternity. Getting really getting ready for the battle of Armageddon. You coming back with Jesus, and uh, you gonna help him whip whip the enemy in the final battle. Are You ready for that? Uh, so uh, anyway, Revelation eight, Revelation chapter nine, the trumpet judgments, Revelation ten. Uh, is an interlude between the trumpet judgments and what is to come. And there an angel appears, and it seems like it could be the Lord Jesus Christ. He has a small scroll in his hand, opens it up, and it shows the very, very end of that seven-year period and what goes on after that in Revelation chapter 11 and um uh, it shows what happens at the very end when the seventh trumpet is blown. Revelation chapter 11. It looks like Jesus literally, uh, people don't know this, uh, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and, and he will reign forever and ever. That's Revelation eleven fifteen. That is the second coming of Christ. He comes back in Revelation 11. Go read it. He comes back, and he 's going to whoop his enemies he 's going to fight against the antichrist he 's going to be here during the bold judgments that we 're about to read about Jesus comes back there 'll be a couple of uh, prophets from the Old Testament that appear in Jerusalem uh, during this time. The ch- saints will be in heaven you won 't be here to see uh, won 't be here to see this you 'll be here eh, probably at uh, the first portion of that they 're going to minister for three and a half years and but you 'll be going to heaven before. Before they're done away with. So, nonetheless, that's Revelation 11. Revelation 12 is another interlude or an overview showing the whole span of eternity from the fall of Satan and how he uh, tries to hinder the purpose and in- Uh, and plan of God through uh, Adam and Adam's seed and how he persecutes the church, how he persecutes the Jews and how at the very end of time he stirs up his persecution of all things God on the earth. And that's the reason today that we feel such pressure Is because the heat's being turned up. We are in not just a natural battle, we're in a spiritual battle. That's the very last spiritual battle. How many hear me? Revelation 13, uh, it talks about the beast rising out of the sea, the beast rising out of the land. Two people that arise, the first beast out of the sea is the Antichrist. And he is just what the Bible says. He is everything that Jesus isn't. He is everything you don't want. He's everything you don't believe in, and he comes to wreck havoc. He has a worldwide program where he seeks to control the world uh, by ruling commerce, by, by uh, ruling spiritual things. And he may have some uh, um, uh, military power as, uh, as well. His whole ideology is one world government, one world economy, and one world religion. And friends, underneath the surface, that's what we're battling right now. And if our government doesn't get itself together, the United States will become part of that one world system. I just ask you a question Do you want that for America? If you don't, wake up and vote and talk and speak up and say you disagree because we're going there real fast. He gets quiet when I talk about that. Not every nation's going to follow this. Horrible reign of this person that the Bible terms Antichrist, who believes in the one world system that system 's been in place for a long time uh, for Dozens and dozens and dozens of years, and it's been working towards a final conclusion for a long time. And there are people worldwide that have had this ideology, and uncannily it's coming to pass right before our eyes. Most Americans know nothing about it because they got their nose glued to to their telephone watching videos. And they're not thinking, they're not praying, they're not seeking. Even most Christians don't know what's happening. Friends, Jesus is coming back and we're in a big battle and we need to get ready for it. How many hear me? Don't give your nation to these things. So nonetheless, Revelation 13, the Antichrist rises to power. He's got a terrible scheme to control the world. And then he's got a false prophet that comes right along, a religious leader somewhere in the world. I could tell you who I think it might be, but I'll hold my breath for now. And just say, he will say, you need to listen to that guy. This leader, he's got the answers to the economic problems. He's got an answer to all the uh, political problems that the world is facing. The United States is in such trouble now. He's got the answers. Follow him, follow him. He rises to power. Revelation 14, Jesus is shown as the lamb, victorious lamb. He's standing in heaven in Revelation 14 with all those Jews that have been marked by God who won't be killed. During this terrible, diabolical time, the 144,000, Jesus is uh, seen with them. God has protected them somehow from the Antichrist vengeance. They're called first fruits of the Lamb. Many of them, many of them will come to know Jesus and will be Messianic Jews during this time. Really a, an amazing thing. Three angels in Revelation 14. We've studied all this in the past and all those lessons we've had. Three angels say, you better watch out, residents of the earth. Don't follow the Antichrist. Don't follow his scheme. Don't take his mark. If you do, you go to the lake of fire with him. You'll get his judgment. Don't do it. And they give great, great warnings. Revelation 15 just looks forward to the final cleansing of the earth, which is what we're going to talk about tonight, which is... Is the bowl judgments. Everybody say bowl judgments. Really, uh, they're patterned after a laver. And a laver is a very, uh, you've seen pictures of it. In fact, um, my grandmother, I have a, a washstand in my house that's uh, well over 100 years old. And that washstand, um, yeah, somebody else got the laver. I think my brother got the laver. It had a laver on it. It had, it had a pitcher that you put water in. Then it had a little la- laver, and a laver is, is a shallow dish. a shallow dish you pour water in, and the Jews would take, would, would take pour the water in the dish and just, just scoop the water with their hands, and, and then wash their hands, and then scoop again, and, and then just wash their hands, and, and then wring their hands out, and that's how they cleanse their hands. So this laver is about a final cleansing. So when you hear about bold judgments, think of a laver that somebody in old days washed their hands with. It's the final washing of the earth from the contaminants of sin and rebellion by God the Father. Uh, this, this revelation. And so we come to Revelation 16. You know, this is the very end game that God has to cleanse the earth. You've got to understand before we read Revelation 16, God has turned him. He's, he's done triple somersaults trying to get people to obey him, trying to get people to wake up, trying to get people to listen. He's given grace upon grace, mercy upon mercy, opportunity after opportunity uh, to every, every people group on earth to come to Jesus, to repent of their sin, stop their waywardness stop their self-centered living and to come to jesus and they've basically basically thumbed their nose at god and say i do not want you i don't want your ways i don't want your kingdom i don't want your plan i love my sin leave me alone they're in league with the devil and so because time after time after time uh god kept pouring out his grace kept pouring out his grace And humans refuse to listen. Then you come to this time, terrible time in Revelation 16 where judgment finally comes. You remember the scripture in the book of Genesis where God said in Genesis 6, my spirit will not always strive with man. You can take that to a personal life. You may be listening to me online. You're walking in disobedience. You're walking in the flesh. You're doing what you know you shouldn't be doing. But you do it and you're enjoying it. Listen, God will give you a measure of grace. He'll send people across your path have to tell you about Jesus, to, to encourage you to repent, stop your ways, stop doing what you're doing. If you, and, and you know what? God will let you go that way. And because, and because judgment doesn't happen quickly, a lot of people uh, take that grace period as God's ascent saying, well, he must be all right with me. No, he's just giving you time to get right. And that's what the whole world has done up until Revelation 16. Let me pattern this again. We will not be here uh, during this time, the church is in heaven. Let me also say about Revelation 16, the culmination of that, of that seven-year period that I talked about earlier that was on the screen, the culmination of that was, was really um, uh, w- w- was, was before this happened, and the seven years are over. And we're into Daniel chapter 12, mentioned 75 additional days. Now, some of you have never heard this. Your ears are like a dog's ear. Are you listening? 75 additional days after the seven-year period that God uses to cleanse the earth and get it ready for the millennial reign of Christ. I get that from Daniel 12. I've mentioned this several times in the past. Let me read it one more time. Then we'll quickly get through and finish Revelation 16. From the time the daily sacrifices of Revelation 12, 11 is stopped. And the sacrilegious object that causes desecration is set up to be worshipped. Now, what is that? The Antichrist, he's a friend to Israel. He's nice to Christians three and a half years into it. He shows his true colors. Like in Antio- Antiochus Epiphanes in 168 BC, he, uh, the Jewish temple is rebuilt and he desecrates the Jewish temple. He probably puts a pagan idol in the temple desecrates the temple it makes the jews very angry he turncoats coats and begins to kill christians and jews in mass revelation 24 calls that the great tribulation and that's a period of time of we really don't know a year maybe a year and a half or so if you look, follow the timeline i've talked about these things in the past it's a hellacious time and um but nonetheless, uh, from that time when the Antichrist does that to the very end of that seven-year period is three hundred is uh, is three and a half years or twelve hundred and sixty days. But he says here, from the time that he does that, there'll be twelve hundred and ninety days. He adds he adds thirty days to it. That's that's three and a half years plus thirty days. And then he says, "And blessed are those who wait and remain until the end of three hundred thirteen hundred and." Uh, 335 days, 1,335 days. Well, uh, 1290 plus 45 is 1,335 if you do the math. So he adds an additional 45 days. So trying, I just said all that to say the time frame for this Revelation 16 It's after that seven-year period. The two witnesses have been killed in Jerusalem. Um, Jesus, Jesus has been here. He has come back. He's not come back the way he's going to come back with the, with the believers when they come back after the rapture. He'll come back, go back up and get them. But he's been back. And so and so Revelation 16, I said all that to say, lasts a little bit less than 30 days. 20-something, 27, 28 days or so. That's how long it takes for these labor judgments. Cleanse the earth finally. Then there's an additional 45 days after the Battle of Armageddon. That 45 days, God will prepare the earth for the millennial reign of Christ. The earth will go into a a, a let's fix it up time, and, and, and God will get it ready for us to rule and reign with Jesus for a thousand years. Does that sound exciting to you? Some of you have never heard some of this. It's really interesting if you study. You know, if you get down get down beyond the surface, it's amazing what you find in the Bible. Again, remember, as we read what we're about to in Revelation 16, you won't be. Everybody say it. I will not be here during this time. Now, if you don't know Jesus, you may be. And so you may have friends and family and people that you know and friends that you know that don't know the Lord. Friends, they may be here during this time. It's estimated that, uh, you know, if you look at the population of the earth right now, probably in excess of uh, two to three billion people will die during the last part of this uh, seven-year period. That's pretty nasty, isn't it? And you met, do you want your friends to die during that time? Do you want them to go to hell? You need to tell, to tell them about Jesus. A problem in America is we've sat on our hands and we've not been telling people about Jesus and who he is. Invite them to church. Invite them to come. I love you, but I'll be honest with you. And if they want to hear about Jesus, bring them. Talk to them about them. We'll talk about that Sunday. Here's Revelation 16.1. I'm following the New King James Version. Then I heard a loud voice. Everybody with me? All right. Revelation 16.1. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the bowls or lavers of wrath of, of the wrath of God on the earth. Now, angels help God in all kinds of ways. It's a huge study to think about what angels do. We know very little about them. But they're invisible, but they do a lot to help the kingdom of God. And listen, they listen to your words and they also help you. You need to know that. So these angels, they help God clean up the earth. And so this entire time we're about to talk about is really less than 30 days uh, in in time span. Revelation 16, 2. So the first angels went and poured out his bowl. Upon the earth, and a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. Now we still we took some time to talk about the mark i don 't know what the mark is, but it 's really uncanny. The things i 'm hearing today about what they want to do with our finances and how they want to implant some stuff underneath the skin some all you got to do is scan it, and it 's got all your medical information it 's got all your... Financial information and they want the great reset right now with our finances I think all these things are precursors of what we're reading in the Bible I don't know exactly and we don't know yet Practically how they're going to work out But it's uncanny that i'm reading this and we're experiencing what we're experiencing how many hear me So if I were in your shoes and somebody says something like well, you need to do what everybody else is doing They're getting this you might want to think a couple of times about that I know I am I'm just going to tell you, just because everybody else does it, doesn't mean I'm going to do it. So anyway, just be aware of that. So, so again, sores came upon men who had the mark of the beast, mankind who had the mark, and those who worshipped his image. Now, so let me just say this. See, people are going to take, say, well, how, why would somebody be so stupid as to take the mark? Well, listen, think about 2020. It was really easy if you wanted, you had to do what the government told you to do. Yes or no? <sighs> and see how easy we gave away our rights? Did we or not? And why did we do it? Because we want to live. We want to thrive. We want to we, we move forward. We, we don't want to be an outcast. We don't want to be numbered among the rebellious. So we just kind of go along. So when the Antichrist says, however he's going to do it, take the marker. You can't buy groceries or fill your car up with gas or, uh, or pay your mortgage or pay your insurance or help your children go through school. You can't do anything financially unless you do this. Did you know most people are going to say, okay, it makes sense. It's practical. It's commonsensical. It makes things so much simpler. But God said, don't do it. And then those that do do it, loathsome sores break out on them. See, you can can do something innocuously for the moment and think it's okay, but I just want you to know, if you do what God said don't do, one day you pay. Right there, Revelation 16.3 says, Then the second angel poured out a bowl on the sea, and it became blood as of a dead man, and every living thing in the cre- uh, every living creature in the sea died. So the second bold judgment, it's like one of those trumpet judgments in Revelation eight. In fact, um, the second trumpet judgment, a third of the oceans were affected, but here all of the oceans. Are affected. Revelation 8, it says, the second angel blew his trumpet. A great mountain of fire was thrown into the sea. One third of the water in the sea became blood. One third of all thing, living things in the sea died. One third of all the ships in the sea were destroyed. And that was some time prior to this. That was during the trumpet judgments, but during this bowl judgments, because they're final. It says here, uh, every living creature in the sea Died. That's different. See, it's a final thing. See, it's crazy, isn't it? Uh, also, you remember in Exodus seven with the um, plagues, Moses displayed against the Egyptian gods. One of them was water became blood. You remember? So this is not something uncommon. To the Bible, Revelation sixteen four, it says, "Then the angel, third angel." Poured his bowl, his labor on the rivers and springs of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters saying, "You were righteous, O Lord, the one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come, because you have judged these things." Now understand again. Keep this in context. God's been given grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace, and people keep thumbing the nose, rejecting, rejecting, rejecting God's grace, spurning His love, doing what they want to do, and finally God says, "I have." have no choice. It's kind of like you your children. If you do that, if you do that again, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do something for you that you're not gonna like. You choose choose you this day what you want, right? That's basically what God has to do to those who just won't listen. And so He says, uh, for for um, because you have judged these things, verse six, for they've shed the blood of the saints and prophets. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets. You think, you know, people who do wrong, they think they get by. Now, you know, today some of you could be really upset because you feel like injustices are happening in lots of ways. And, you know, I see a lot of unjust things. Uh, I see some things, I've been boiling mad. The justice system often isn't just, have you noticed? Huh? It seems to favor people that can buy the judge. Hire a ritzy lawyer? Yes or no? In America and worldwide, it's that way too. It's really crazy. So you see a lot of injustice. He says here, they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, (laughs) and you've given them blood to drink. One day they get their just desserts. So you may be watching and you're laughing at me while you sip on your favorite beverage. And you're laughing because I'm a believer saying I believe the Bible. One day, friend, you may be here doing what these people are doing. You have no clean water to drink. Just want to be aware right now you've got mercy extended towards you. His name is Jesus. And he wants you to repent of your sin because he loves you deeply. Otherwise, here it is. Uh, You have given them blood to drink for it is their just due. And I heard another from the altar saying, this another angel, even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous, are your judgments? How do you know when God finally uh, hits something or someone with judgment? It's only after a long period of grace and mercy has been extended. Yes or no? Just want to be aware. Um, so again, uh, the same things happen uh, to the fresh water that happened to the ocean waters. Uh, We just read that this also happened during the trumpet judgments, a great star, probably a meteorite fell from the sky, burning like a torch. It fell on a third of the rivers, the springs of water. The name of the star was bitterness, uh, uh, King James translation, wormwood. Uh, It's made one third of the water bitter. Many people died from drinking the bitter water. Uh, So again, the people that are following the Antichrist during this time are being judged for killing believers. For killing his people, the Jews. They're being judged. And these judgments are that water's turned to blood. They can't find any fresh water to drink. You can only sustain life just a few days without water and you're done. Revelation sixteen eight. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun. And power was given to him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with a great heat. And they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues. And they did not repent and Give him glory now when you that 's shocking to read that here 's people there in utter agony. Something happens uh, maybe to the ozone layer we really don 't know, but the uh, radiation from the sun begins to affect the human body in a horrible way. And you can't stay outside in the length of time you get burned. I mean, the worst sunburn you have ever had in your life is not to be compared with what happens to these people. And they're in excruciating pain. You think they repent. Instead of repenting, their heart gets hotter, harder. And you just got to realize the same sun that melts wax hardens clay. Some people, when God deals with them, they yield other people get harder. And these people, when God deals with them in judgment, instead of, instead of humbling, they bow up and they curse him. It's a tough thing that you see here. Again, um, even with their skin burns causing extreme pain, their hearts remain hardened. They've heard the gospel preached and they refused to yield. listen to revelation fourteen six and seven. This is just prior to this. I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people saying with a loud voice, fear God and give him glory for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. See, people don't realize there are going to be people that are converted during this hellish time, even though the rapture of the church has taken the church to heaven. There'll be people here that come to Jesus. Those 144,000 Jews, a lot of them will come to Jesus say, and they'll start telling people, hey, Jesus Christ is the way, truth, and life. I'm a Messianic Jew, and I never believed that, but I can see it now. God is coming to judge the earth. We know the scriptures. We know the Hebrew. We know the Greek. Listen, you need to get ready. You need to get right. This is being preached to every tongue, tribe, people, and nation, and they're not listening. And here they are with the final judgments upon them, and they simply are not listening. Revelation sixteen ten. Then the fifth angel pulled his bowl out, out his bowl on the throne of the beast, And his kingdom became full of darkness. Now, the beast is the Antichrist. And he's in the Middle East. And he's ruling ruling like a big pompous king. And he's telling everybody what to do. And everybody's got to obey his laws and his rituals, his custom, his religion, his way. It's his way or you die. And he's been doing it for a period of time, for a little over three and a half years. And finally, God says, I will show you who is king of all. I just turned the lights off on you, Bubba. And that's what he does. Uh, His kingdom became full of darkness. And they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. What kind of pain? Well, you turn the sun off, guess what? It gets right cold. They could have been gnawing their tongues because they're cold. And they're shivering. And there's nothing to warm them up. And then without the sun, you don't have food. And then without the sun, you don't have a lot of the pleasures that you could have with us. It's become dark in their region of the world. And it's made them quite miserable. And they gnaw their tongues because of the pain. They blasphemed the God of heaven. Because of their pains, their sores. And they did not repent of their deeds. Just like the fourth trumpet judgment. Instead of just a third of the light. Then a third of the light was darkened. It says, if you go back and read Revelation 8. The beasts and kingdoms. Uh, th- this time, uh, this plunged into absolute darkness again revelation 8 during those trumpet judgments a fourth angel sounded a third of the sun was struck a third of the moon third of the stars so that a third of them was darkened third of the day didn't shine and likewise the night so again this time not just the third it's done the light cuts off that's pretty tough on his kingdom pretty tough stuff there Revelation sixteen twelve. then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates. You know, it's one, Euphrates is one of the several rivers that are mentioned in, in, uh, in the book of Genesis uh, just right when they, uh, during the Garden of Eden time. It's an old, old river. So this says the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates and the water was dried up so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast, the, the, the devil releases demon spirits and they come from him, they come from the Antichrist and out of the mouth of the false prophets, that is they're, they're, they're controlling the words of the Antichrist They come out of his mouth and they're controlling the words of the false religious leader and they're saying things that are lies. How many know when you lie God is not controlling your mouth, the devil is. We're living in a world right now consumed with lies and deception. I, I'm, I'm, I don't even know what to think about the lies I hear every day. And people are becoming accustomed to lies now. And as I said Sunday, you can become so accustomed to hearing a lie that you don't even know when truth is spoken. Now, that's the reason for me, nobody told me to do this. This is what I do. You lie to me once, okay, I got it. But I won't listen to you again unless you repent and come back and say I lied. How many hear me? So I've had to turn a lot of things off because I refuse to listen to a liar because I don't want to acquiesce down to to that level of living. How many hear me? I want my conscience to be sensitive. If you listen to a liar... And you go and believe his lies, my, 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 you don't have any conscience for truth. Went over big. So here it is. Out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the false prophet came deception, for they are spirits of demons. Verse 14 performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of Almighty God. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches, keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And they gathered together at the place called in Hebrew, Armageddon. So we're getting very close to the very last battle. Armageddon will be fought at a place called Medigo, I've got actually I showed some people before service. I got a map that I got when I was in Israel a few years ago, and you go from the port of Haifa, which is in northwestern Israel, right on the uh, coast of the Mediterranean Sea, and there's a road that travels right down to Medigo. It's a huge plane. Anne says she's seen that plane, right? So that's where the last battle will be fought. So demon spirits will lie to the to the leaders of the nations of the world. And they'll lie through the Antichrist and through the false religious person, some spiritual leader, saying you need to take your army over to Israel. We need to whip their butts. Take your army. Maybe go to the port of Hoffa. Maybe fly into some of those airports. We'll have get your C-130s ready. Let's go. we got to whip them. They don't need to be there. They're not supposed to be on that property. It doesn't belong to them. And that's the very last great battle. And, and that's just right at the very end of these labor judgments. Again, the Euphrates is mentioned here. That river is one of the largest rivers in the world. It's 1,800 miles in length. Historically, it's been 10 to 20 feet deep right now in Turkey as the Euphrates River goes through Turkey. There are dams that stop it up. So something's going to happen that curtails the water in this great river Euphrates, the kings of the east, it says. Uh, come down uh, from the north. It may refer to the armies of Japan, armies of India, armies of China. They all may gang together for that last great battle. So here here it is again. It mentions that. uh, Revelation 16, 17. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl. Here we are at the very end into the air. And a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne. So here's God's voice from his place of worship in heaven saying it is done. And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings and there was a great earthquake. Listen, such a mighty and great earthquake as has not occurred since men were on earth. Now the great city was divided into three parts and the cities of the nations fell. When it says it was divided into three parts, it's just basically saying that city is totally destroyed. And so it says, "And Great Babylon was remembered before God to give her the cup of wine of the fierceness of his wrath, and every island fled away, And the mountains were not found. Think about an earthquake so severe, that there are no more islands. You know, you're traveling, you're on an airplane, you can look down and see these beautiful islands, the Hawaiian islands, the, all the islands around Bahamas and so, they disappear. And then think about the mountains. I love mountains. It's so severe that mountains disappear. That's a pretty serious earthquake. Would you say, what is God doing? He's preparing the earth for the millennial reign of Christ. And he's also cleansing it of sin. Then he says, then uh, every island fled away, the mountains weren't found, and great hail from heaven fell upon men, each hailstone about uh, the weight of a talent, this is New King James, 75 pounds. Men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, since the plague was exceedingly great. Mercy, can you imagine seventy-five pounds of hail, uh, one hailstone? Now, have you ever been in a hailstone storm? It hurts. Just those little tiny pellets hurt, man. You better get your honey in under something. You know, it'll tear up the roof of your house. I've had it pelt my car and cause indentations. Is this a little tiny? With seventy-five pounds, you're talking about it kills. Uh, It kills um, animals, birds, and it kills humans and devastates what they own. Terrible time. So again, this is the final judgment of God. This is the very last judgment that will free the earth from the contaminants of sin. So thankfully, when you read these things in uh, in the scriptures, I know it kind of gives you the heebie-jeebies. Just realize if you're a believer, you won't be here. But if you know people that don't know Jesus, they could be here. And we're here to warn them that something catastrophic is in the future. We don't know when these things will come. We don't know what the timeline is. But friends, I have never seen a time, and you haven't either, when world conditions have changed so rapidly as they have this past year. And I think God is preparing us and getting us ready for Jesus to come back. Most believers are still asleep. And God is seeking to wake us up. Because now is the time to preach the gospel and share Jesus and love people like we never have before. How many hear me? So when we come back. We'll talk about uh, boy. We'll talk. We'll go back to Revelation seventeen. We'll talk about Babylon in Revelation eighteen. We'll cover that, and then we'll talk about the second coming of the the uh, the uh, Battle of Armageddon when Jesus comes back with the believers from heaven to defeat the Antichrist and his armies and. And then and we'll talk about the very very end of the age as we know it. And, and what we can look forward to as believers in Revelation 20, 21, and 22. It'll really be an exciting study. Lord, thank you so much. Would you lift your hands with me? If you're at home, would you lift your hands with me? And thank God that you know, if, that you know Jesus. If you do know him, would you just give him thanks for salvation? Lord, thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. We read these things, and we don't have to be afraid because you have have purposed a way of escape for those that know you and for those that love you. And Lord, I ask you for those of us that know you, give us a heart for those that don't know you. And Lord, we personally now, take a moment and ask God to forgive you if you've not been sharing Jesus when you've had opportunities. Father, I, I ask beginning tonight for all of us who hear this lesson, to those in the future that will hear this, on, uh, on, te- in, on, on technology, in the name of Jesus. Lord, open up opportunities for us to share the good news of the gospel that Jesus forgives and cleanses sin, and that we can be saved, we can be born again. Our sins can be cleansed and forgiven. Lord, put it in our hearts to pray for those that we know that do not know you. And Lord, give us a heart to be bold enough to share our faith with those around us. Open up opportunities every single day. How many agree with me? Lord, open up opportunities every single day in Jesus' name.